Hello, it's been a while. I just find it. I don't know. It just tickled the right part of my brains. Yeah. What's up, nerds? Hey, it's Luke and Dane, and it's the Boys Who Cook podcast. Hey guys, we're back uh, with another episode of the Boys Who Cook podcast. Uh, today we have Saf with us. Um, how are you doing, Saf? Pretty good. How are you guys? Doing great. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a lovely uh, Saturday morning, so didn't have to go into the hospital today. So I know. Yeah. Congrats to the end of third year for everyone. Saf, did, were you one of the people who had to uh, make up two weeks, or did you get let out two weeks ago? Actually, yeah, I was one of the few who did have to use these two weeks that were supposed to be break, but I ended up making. Oh. I ended up making my neurology rotations of all rotations uh, uh, during these two weeks. Yeah. But I think in retrospect, I'm kind of glad that I got him out of the way and it's not something I'll have to worry about in this upcoming year. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like kind of valuable time where a lot of people use this for studying for CK. And so I kind of missed out on that opportunity, but it'll yeah. be fine. We'll see what happens. Do you have a, a sub-I coming up in July, or do you have some time off? Right, so I, I start up on my sub-I's. I have, let's say, two and a half sub-I's, and I just start up on Monday. <laughs> the, uh, so, like, yeah. no break for you whatsoever. No break. So I'm kind of glad that the 4th of July weekend was kind of long. Well, three days doesn't compare to two weeks, but <laughs> still, it's something, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, Saf is one of our classmates that's interested in gen surge, and we're super excited to have you on because... A lot of our classmates haven't been, like, hating on Gen Surge, but they've kind of been, you know... Um, it wasn't for them. It wasn't for them. So, like, really, the only people we've had on so far that are interested in Gen Surge uh, has been Blake. Yeah. So, it's awesome to have you on. So, I'm going to ask you, like, what uh, attracted you to doing general surgery? So, my kind of realization towards Gen Surge was kind of drawn out because I never, entering third year, would thought that I would ever do gen surge. So I'll kind of back it up saying the first two years, and even when I interviewed for med school, I was dead set on ear, nose, throat, ENT, or otorhinolaryngology. And it was something that I was working towards for almost two years, like the first half of third year as well. And then I kind of came to the realization that number one, whatever specialty I do, the OR has to be involved. Like I'm super big on anatomy, super big on being procedural. So it had to be surgical. But I felt that ENT wasn't quite giving me a broader sense of medicine, so to speak, as in you're so limited to uh, the head and neck and very, very subspecialized fields versus if I were to still be a surgeon as a general surgeon, you kind of operate all over the body. You do not, you still have to remember all the basic tenets of medicine as in managing uh, ICU patients, floor patients, and you get to do surgery on the side as well. So that kind of what drew me into Gen Surge. And once I started giving it serious thought, I kind of really fit into my picture that, yeah, this is something I could definitely do in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do, do you have any plans of, you know, maybe subspecializing uh, after doing a Gen Surge residency? Or do you, do you see yourself doing, like you said, you know, just broad general surgery? Right now, I'm kind of keeping it open, but I think I like the pediatrics aspect of it most. I think when I kind of... So one of my mentors in gen surge is actually a pediatric surgeon and kind of spending time with him and seeing the intricacy of pediatric surgery. Plus I get along with pediatric patients way more than adult patients. So I kind of am leaning towards pediatric surgery at this point. But as I said, I'm still kind of keeping it open. If something else interests me, so be it. But as of now, I think pediatrics is what kind of, kind of attracts me. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's, um, I obviously know that that's just kind of something you're thinking about now, but for those that don't know, pediatric surgery is like a very long training track just because it's so competitive. A lot of residents who want to do the fellowship end up taking sometimes two years off their residency to do research um, before they even begin the fellowship. So it's like very, uh, you know, I, I think it's crazy rewarding, but it's a very long training track and you have to be really dedicated to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. The training is quite, uh, the training and the research, uh, necessity is quite extensive so much so that a lot of residency programs are now moving towards offering two tracks, uh, for training where there's obviously the traditional five-year track. And then there's other seven to eight year tracks too, where you're not taking time off, but those research years are kind of built into your training that oh, way. So if you're nice. aiming towards, uh, towards those very competitive fellowships, pediatrics being one of them, uh, you definitely have the opportunity by your residency program itself to kind of make you more competitive for those. Wow. Well, that's, that's pretty handy. Yeah. I, I remember um, on my gen surge rotation, um, I got to do a little bit of pediatric surgery and I had two thoughts going in uh, or coming out of it. I mean, first was that uh, pediatric surgeons are like, they know their stuff. And I, they were some of my favorite surgeries, to be honest, because, um, you know, kids don't necessarily have a lot of fat in the way like adults do. Um, and I think it's a really good way to see a lot of like good anatomy without a lot of like fat, like I said, in the way, like I saw maybe one surgery where like the, the child who was like 17, like she had to get her gallbladder out and that's because she was pretty obese. But you know, all other than that, I really enjoyed that part of it. The other thing is I saw the coolest surgery ever, which was, uh, this kid that had a Vactrol association. Um, she didn't like have an anus and I saw them like, you know, go find her anus and pull it through. Like, I think it's called a anorectoplasty. It was awesome. They like separated. Uh, there was a fistulized tract between her anus and her vagina. They separated that out. It was mind blowing. And like they put it in the perfect spot. Yeah. The doctors who did it, it, it was just, it was, it was by far like the best surgery I've ever seen. It was, it was just one of those things where, you know, you took a kid who couldn't poop at all, obviously to, they were going to have a functional anus and everything was going to be okay. It was, it was definitely really, really cool. So, yeah. So kind of bouncing off this track. Um, so Seth, uh, besides like general surgery, was there any other rotations that you just really loved this year? Oh, absolutely. So was kind of backtracking going reverse in this year. I think I enjoyed OBGYN uh, by far more than I ever expected I would. So much so that if it were not for Gen Surge, I think I would go into OBGYN. Yeah. That's how much I enjoyed it. And I think I know uh, Luke might be doing OBGYN. Yes. Is that right? Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, Excellent. I mean, I didn't come in thinking I was going to do OB-GYN until I did the rotation. And I mean, I was just right. surprised by how much I loved it. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think I enjoyed the rotation a lot. I think I was surprised by how surgery focused an OB-GYN uh, resident is and how much surgery plays into their day-to-day -day activities. I was especially, mostly I was enamored by obstetrics more so than gynecology. I think childbirth and obstetrics and all the medical, medical science that goes behind it particularly MFM medicine. I think that was fascinating. And I, I just, I, I was just, I was one of those people who was actually excited to be on L&D days, uh, which is not a very popular sentiment. So yeah, that kind of shocked me at the end that, wow, this could be something 
I could do. And so OBGYN was definitely a huge favorite of mine. Yeah. yeah. And then too, I felt like that rotation, like the residents definitely let you do a lot in the OR. Um, at least when I was on, um, you know, even just putting in local and, you know, using your, use, getting to use the Bowie more and stuff like that. It was definitely, I think, a really fun rotation. I think the clerkship was set up really well. No, absolutely. I agree with that. And talking to some of my peers at other medical schools and family members who attend other medical schools, I think they uh, kind of are in awe of how much opportunity we were given here, especially on OBGYN when I told them that uh, you get to actually catch a child and then deliver a placenta afterwards. And they were told they, were, they couldn't even get close to a delivery. So I was, I was very surprised and grateful for the chance that we were given over here uh, yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. And also like I, 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 done, I, like my L and D week, it was like uh, a bunch of C-sections. That was just kind of how mm -hmm. the cards fell for me. And uh, they eventually were just like, Hey, you want to, you want to close? And like, that was something that I had to wait until the end of like gen surge, but like till they, like, they would be like, Hey, do you want to like close this small port? Like, sure. But like, they were like, yeah, you want to close like all of it? I was like, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> please let me do this. Yeah, absolutely. I've been waiting That's for great. you to ask me that. Yeah. But like, yeah, I didn't have to wait that long. It was really nice. Yeah. You know, it's funny that I had more opportunities to start to end uh, closings more <laughs> on OBGYN than I ever did on Gen Surge and like the other uh, so, uh, surgery selectives that I did combined. So I was very grateful for that opportunity. That oh, yeah, you do so much. It wasn't just like, oh, just put in a couple of throws here and there. No, it was like a start to finish close. I'm like, I'm really happy that this opportunity kind of fell into my hands here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, I was talking to Stephen and he told me that he actually got to first assist on a hysterectomy for a case. It was he it, it, he said it was like his favorite day at third year. And I was just like, wow, that is talk about getting. Students oh, yeah. In there. Oh, yeah. That kind of that kind of happened to me on. Uh, are my gynecology oncology week uh, during the rotation too, where me and one of the attendings, um, well, the residents had something to go to and neither a fellow nor a resident was available. So it was just me and this attending and she's having me cut massive chunks of like tumor out of a body using a scissor. And I'm like, I have no idea what's happening right now, but this is really <laughs> cool. <laughs> That is incredible. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm pretty. So overall, yeah, I think I think uh, we have a OBGYN uh, clerkship and a residency program that we should be proud of. Mm. And uh, I think anyone who gets the chance to train here is uh, definitely would be on, in the right place. Definitely. Yeah. So kind of uh, kind of uh, changing gears here a little bit. So we've yeah. talked on this podcast how medicine can kind of be this all consuming beast. Um, what do you kind of do to get away from that? Like when you go home, is there something that, or, you know, even just when you're not in the hospital that you like to do to kind of escape? Right. Right. So kind of to preface that, I think one of my biggest personal philosophies regarding medicine in general, this is something I kind of tell all my, uh, second year and, uh, first year mentees is that, uh, medicine is not an identity. It is a job that we all signed up for that has extensive training behind it. Your life should not revolve around it. Rather, it should be one of the many things that you care for in your life. And so if you have that mindset, I think that makes it uh, kind of much easier to like 
be happy when you're not doing when you're doing things that are non-medicine rather than feeling guilty about it and so with that mindset i just kind of kind of it's overarching what i like to do it could be as simple as going home watching netflix i'm pretty huge on video gaming so that's kind of one of my biggest uh biggest escapes i would say um just before these times we're in i was pretty big on uh, trying out as many restaurants as I could. If you're interested, I have this whole list of the best uh, grilled cheese and uh, tomato soup places in our, uh, in our city. And so, yeah, kind of just those things helped me keep saying I found a really good friend group here and kind of spending time with those people uh, kind of helped me reorient myself if it was getting too stressful. So just kind of those small things kind of help me keep sane through all the trial and tribulations that come along with it. Sweet. And Seth, I got to uh-huh. ask, because I, cause I used to be a huge gamer. Are you a PC or a console guy? I've never been PC. I've always been a, a PlayStation fan. Awesome. What, uh, yeah. what's, what's, what are some of your favorite games on the PlayStation? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, so right now, uh, kind of playing through uh, the, it's kind of just newly the Last of Us Part Two. Uh, awesome. It's pretty, that's pretty decent game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, everyone should give that one a shot. Yeah, pretty pretty huge fan of that. Uh, I've bought the <laughs> I bought a call, the the newest Call of Duty edition every single year. I'm not proud nice. of that, but kind of just fell into that <laughs> trap. <laughs> uh, so yeah, big stuff like that. Uh, the Uncharted series, God of War, huge Final Fantasy fan. Awesome. Yeah, so come on, there's a couple of those. And, uh, you know, Seth, I've got to ask because I'm just a fan of delicious flavor. Can you talk about some of these grilled cheese places? Like, like so. So you'd be surprised at the one location we have on our campus where we can buy grilled cheese and tomato soup is actually by far one of the best ones in the city. Are you talking about camps? Yes. Camps is delicious. Their grilled cheese is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) By far, like compared to cost and location and compared to some of the more fancier places in town, they kind of knock it out of the park. Wow, I've never actually tried. I'll have to try it next time. So uh, oh, really? Oh, the remaining time we have, you got to try it. I'm yeah, no, you, you I'll... can spend more money other places, but uh, camps kind of pulls it together. Yeah. So, uh, what what other places do you enjoy uh, to get a grilled cheese? Uh, so, have you all heard of the Mule? Yes. Yeah. So that's a pretty decent place. It's. Uh, I think they do a pretty decent job. Um, another place would be. The Hatch has a pretty good one. Wow. Okay. I've, yeah, never, uh, I've never tried them out these places, but I have to go. Yeah. Then there's another one kind of on uh, Classen Boulevard called, uh, what's it called? <sighs> Sunnyside Diner. Oh, yes. Now, I yeah, love Sunnyside de- Breakfast, so I'm going to have to try that grilled cheese out. Uh-huh. Well, they did a pretty wow. Wow. Sweet. That's awesome. Uh-huh. There um, you go. There's a couple. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I've got, I've got a new assignment for the next couple of weeks. Then. Yeah. Um, I might have to get takeout, but you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's all takeout now. <laughs> but uh, awesome. So, all right. So we're going to try and kind of change gears again and kind of go back more uh-huh. towards the medicine side of things. Um, for sure. You know, Luke and I have talked about how, uh, for us, the transition from second year to third year was kind of tough because I think in some ways we were a little bit shocked 
um, by uh, kind of what medicine really was. I don't think it quite lived up to our expectations. Just some of the socioeconomic issues were, that you face on a day-to-day basis and other things that kind of sort of creep their way into patient care. Can you talk to us a little bit about how was your transition from second year to third year? Right. That's a great question. So kind of backtracking the first and second years, because I was one of those students who jumped straight into med school from undergraduate. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, this is kind of like a, you're a college class, but like up to the nth degree as far as like time consumption and difficulty level goes, but still something that's not out of the ordinary for you. You're going to class, you're taking examinations, you're doing extracurricular side things, kind of stuff you've already kind of experienced. But definitely transitioning into third year where it's so different. I was absolutely taken aback by all the things now. I mean, the first thing that kind of hit me very hard was how early I was waking up, uh, how late I was staying at an academic place, um, the number of people I was interacting on a daily to day basis, how much of what you need to know inside the hospital is never taught as a first or second year. Mm. So that was all very mentally jarring for me. And it took me a, at least I would say two to three months to kind of kind of transition somewhat into feeling comfortable uh, being at the hospital, knowing where to go, uh, where the entrances, exits, all the locations are in the hospital, how to use the EMR in a timely fashion where you're not wasting time on it. Uh, learning how to maneuver expectations that your residents and attendings have, trying not to take uh, stuff personally if you're getting critique or if you feel a little bit stupid. And yes, yeah, so it kind of, and it didn't help that surgery was my first rotation of 30 or so. Uh, so it kind of took me um, uh, two months or three months, I would say, of kind of transitioning to a 30 year. But I think once you kind of figure out what your role is and realizing that this is what it is, uh, it'll definitely get better as time goes on. And you kind of just internalize that. Your time starts feeling a little bit better. Uh, you don't take it that personally. And you just kind of go with the flow at that point. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's the, like, starting with surgery is almost like getting just thrown right into the fire. And, I mean, like you said, it's kind of a little bit expected to be like, well, I'm going to get trashed probably a little bit, but that's okay. Like, yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, and maybe you can you can talk about this a little bit, but I, I had surgery before I had OB-GYN, and so because I'd had surgery, I'd, I'd learned to suture a little bit, so when I got into OB-GYN, I knew how to do it enough that I, I could be competent in it, so I, I feel like I got more opportunities to do it in OB-GYN, but I feel like I also got more opportunities because I already knew how to do it a little bit, um, and so I was actually really grateful to have surgery first because I didn't get to suture much, like you said, but I got to suture more in OB-GYN because I had learned the, at least the techniques in surgery. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it could be a recommendation for all incoming third year students that if uh, something surgical is what they're interested in, kind of before even jumping into any rotation that has some surgical component to it, kind of just watching something on the internet, uh, using dental floss or something like that to practice at home. And then just kind of if the opportunity arises, in an OR where they're like, hey, do you do you want to give a shot at closing? Just just take it. Do not be hesitant. No matter how bad you screw up, that's the only place you're ever going to learn on doing it on an actual person is when that opportunity arises. 
And kind of, yeah, if you have a good surgical rotation, a good OBGYN rotation, those opportunities will be presented to you. And you should definitely take them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, just to, once again, another transition uh, here. But, yeah. uh, Sal, you've, you've been an officer in our class. Uh, um, and is that something, I, I don't know if that's something you currently do. I, I can't remember. But um, talk to us a little bit about that. So I was only an officer for the class my uh, first year. Okay. I was the class historian. And yeah, my as a class historian, my responsibilities, I would I, I'll keep it completely honest with you guys. They were they were very few to be real. <laughs> and all, all it involved was uh, just asking classmates, hey, if you have any fun pictures that you want us to collate and then kind of have them saved up for graduation and match down the line to send them to me. And that's pretty much all I did. Sweet. And just <laughs> sit in on meetings and kind of chime in if I had an opinion on any topic. That was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I just kind of gave up on it on my first year. I'm like, there's probably someone who's more passionate about this than I am. <laughs> and I'll, I'll let them take over. That sounds like a, a nice little CV booster, though. You know, one of those things you can just toss on there. Like, yeah, I, d I did that. And they're like, yeah, how, how oh, was yeah. that? Oh, yeah. And then you, oh, you, yeah. you find out, like, all the great adjectives to describe it. It makes it look like you were super busy, but you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. And not to take away any of the hard work that a lot of the officers put in, but I just wasn't. It, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> I was slacking off. Um, uh, one other thing yeah. we really love to ask people on podcast is, um, is there something in medicine that you're really passionate about? And it can be anything, you know, involving medicine. Um, is there something that, you know, really, you know, draws you in and, and something you feel really strongly about? Yeah, I think it's education. That is one of my biggest thing, uh, which involves, uh, teaching basically to, uh, to colleagues or people on a certain level below you. I think that's kind of what my vision is, what I want to do for the future, being an academic physician at an academic institution. It's kind of what I uh, do currently as well with, uh, not during these times, but over my past three years, uh, whether I've been on rotations or not, it hasn't mattered for me. I'm pretty passionate about teaching. So I've been like one of those nerds who've been down in the anatomy lab for PA dental students, MS1s and like been there every single day uh, being being the most help that I could be as a as a teacher down there. So education and teaching is one of my biggest uh, biggest passions in medicine as like to train myself and then to be able to train others in the same is kind of what, uh, what my vision is. That, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I always remember uh, hearing that you like going down there and, and teaching like in the middle of neuro in the middle of CRR. Even during third yeah. year, I was, I was like, man, that guy is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, our second year during our uh, cardiology course, our neurology course, I was down there for our first years. And during our M MS3 rotations, I was during, it, it was, I was, I think I was on surgery and pediatrics during those. And I still did it despite having those rotations at the same time. So it was a lot of time put into it. But I think I, it's something that I enjoy so much that putting in time into it and regardless of how tired I might be that that doesn't concern me at that point it's just I enjoy it that much yeah Seth that's amazing I like I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in education too and like the amount yeah. of the passion you had for that to like as tired as you were as much work as you had to actually go down there and help out the MS1s 
Mm-hmm. It's great. Because, you know, I remember when we were in anatomy, you know, we got the hang of it as the weeks went on. But those first couple of weeks, like, it would be nice to have, like, a, a more TAs that were really passionate about it. Because, you know, a couple of the fourth years came down, but they were kind of just doing it to fulfill a requirement. They didn't actually remember any of their anatomy. They were kind of just like, you know, whatever. And oh, absolutely. Have, like, yeah. Just have someone like you come down there and actually, like, really care and actually know your stuff would have been a great help. And I'm glad the the now third and second years had that had that opportunity from you. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely and that was one of my biggest pet peeves was when we were first years down there that damn we have these uh these uh, upperclassmen down here and they're next to no help at all here bar <laughs> exactly a bar a couple who were actually really nice at it and I, we still talk about them and like yeah i remember that person being super helpful and that was on i mean i'm like i'm if, even if i come down here that's not the type of person i want to be so i i, I was just being helpful uh, as much as i could so much so there was this one time where uh if you all remember uh, as an, as mod groups, people would schedule time with one of the instructors or one of the TAs um, at some certain time. There was this one day uh, where I had a session with all nine mods of a class in one single day. <laughs> <laughs> and that was remarkable for me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm worked to the bone here, but at least I'm not one of those upperclassmen who just do not care anymore. Yeah. Was this during third year or second year? This was during second year. Okay, I was gonna say I don't know how you did that during third year. Honestly, I don't know. No, it, 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 yeah, it would not have happened. It would wow, not have that's, happened. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think I think I maybe had one of the few upperclassmen that was actually really helpful. Um, I remember mm-hmm. a day in anatomy, my friends and I. I guess we were stressed. I think we had like an actual like exam coming up, and uh-huh. like this helper like she could tell so she like we had barely started dissecting and it was going to be maybe a long day and she just looked up and said hey about you guys get out of here and i'll just clean it up for you and she like finished our dissection for us and i mean it was one of those things i was just like really grateful for because i mean at the time you think like oh man this is like too much i don't know if i can handle it and really of course you know that you can but it's always nice when someone like will stick out for you a little bit and say hey like i got you back don't worry about it like get out of here so mm-hmm. that was that was mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite moments from from anatomy um so Sap, i have a kind of a follow-up question you said you know you want to maybe teach some is this uh you know you want to like maybe teach in a classroom setting like first and second years or is this something that you might want to be like an attending in the hospital that like has students that come with you right now or maybe I'm like super bro- yeah 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 Right now, I'm painting like super broad strokes that I want to be in attending position, teaching uh, people, residents and students alike on the floor. I want to be in a classroom, uh, teaching in a lecture format. But I think I kind of have not nailed down yet what my favorite format is. Mm. And so that's the, thing I, that's the kind of thing I'm like kind of ironing out as I go along and still kind of keeping all options open as to where I might be able to find my niche the best. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible, though. Yeah, I... I have no like desire to teach at least like in a classroom setting, but I, I could see myself like being an attending that has students that work with them. I, I like to do more practical things rather than like, I wouldn't want to get up and just lecture on something. Like I'd rather just be like, let me show you how this works. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's Absolutely. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's, cool. that's incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of have a, I have more interest maybe in like curriculum development. I think that'd be kind of something I'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the classroom part. I like both. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we need more. We we need more good physician educators because absolutely can because you know because that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like most physicians, you know, don't stay in academics. They want to go out and get maybe a little bit of better lifestyle, better pay, and we're, you know, it's not that I don't want to like dog on our professors but you know we we, there's definitely you know a couple of really good attendings and good professors and then there's a couple that you're like why are you why are you at an academic center you don't really seem that interested in teaching and you know we need more people like you staff to kind of be on faculty and medical schools because i think that makes it helps medical students and like you know particularly in surgical uh particularly in a surgical field like you know, having a really good uh, attending kind of can help put students in ease and maybe encourage more students to go into surgery as opposed mm-hmm. to being scared of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Fully agree with each one of those points. I think we need good educators. We need good, compassionate, empathetic educators uh, to kind of guide people through very tough times and never lose perspective of what the other person might be feeling, uh, even if you're like far removed from their standpoint. Mm-hmm. One other thing I, I thought of, uh, you know, earlier you mentioned that, uh, you know, we, you felt like when you get into third year, there are so many things that you just are never taught in the first and second years about like kind of how the hospital works. And I, my hope is maybe with, uh, you know, um, step one going to pass fail, perhaps curriculum take, uh, like kind of go along more toward like, hey, this is what the hospital is going to be like, or at least teaching you some of the nuances of that. I don't know if that will end up happening or not, but that would have been nice like there's just so many little things that i learned you know on the fly either because i didn't know them or because you know like i learned them because i happened to do a question on them the night before like i saw the surgery or whatever it was so um yeah i don't know i don't know if that's gonna have any changes or not but no you're right absolutely there is a lot of room for uh, additional changes to curriculum in light of step one being pass fail whether that includes more focus on patient management more so than basic science, whether that includes uh, starting some like clinical experience, extended clinical experience in the first two years itself, so that students have a better idea of what it's like existing in the real world rather than doing it with a standardized patient all the time. So there's definitely rooms where experiences can be improved in that way. Yeah. Yeah, even just maybe like during your, you know, into your first year, hey, we're gonna have you interview a real patient. You know, we want you to go see one real patient. Just you know, to have Absolutely. that experience. Mm-hmm. That, I think that'd be incredible to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. fully agreed. So, Seth, I don't have any more questions. Uh, do you have any questions or comments for us? Uh, no, guys, it's been great talking to y'all. Yeah, Seth. I mean, honestly, yeah, this has been a really uh, fun interview, and. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like like I said, I'm just I'm super excited to see someone so passionate about education and hear them talk about it. Yeah, it's great, and I never knew that you you know for second and third year both that you went down to anatomy. And I mean, I'm sure there are so many students that are really grateful that you came down and you you actually knew what you were talking about, but you know you took time out of out of your busy schedule to like mm-hmm. teach them. That's mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was it's a great experience, and if. Uh... If due to current circumstances, it happens that the first years cannot have a cadaver lab, I'm actually going to be a little gutted that, uh, that I can't do that in my last year here. I know, because you would have had all the time in the world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you actually have like, time now off. Now I finally yeah. have no obligations, and I can actually go down there, and now they're not going to have it because of uh, 
because of how things are going on right now. Yeah. Wow. Do you know what, uh, by the way, do you know what they're going to do for that? I, I hadn't heard this. Um, I'm actually unsure. I think they were kind of banking on July. Uh, the, the dean's office was banking on July as making a final call on what the curriculum for the incoming first years would look like. Sheesh. Wow. Wow. I mean, maybe you could do it like well, you know, spring or... You what, know, what, what I heard from, the, you know, they did for um, for the PA and dental students over the summer, what uh, one of the anatomy professors told me was that they were basically like having fewer groups down there at, at one time. And so instead of like two groups dissecting one day, you only have one group at a time. So you got less dissection time, but there was, you still got some dissection time. What did they do Interesting. For like days before practicals when everybody wants to go down and study? Uh, so what they did is basically they, they did a zoom pro section. Mm. Um, it's basically what they did. So, which actually was apparently, they actually was saying was pretty nice because now you have a actual virtual dissection guide that you can follow that you can oh, look at the night yeah. before, which is kind of nice, but yeah, that's, that's what that's interesting I, I like that concept yeah so all right guys well that's it for today this is dane this is luke this is saf and this is the boys cook podcast thanks see you guys. guys see ya new content for the boys cook podcast drops every monday and friday so be sure to check that out give us a follow on spotify or whatever app you use to listen thanks so much for listening we, we really do appreciate it